You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This god awful smell. She sees this shadow we passed the kitchen window. Something had something killed it. Something or found it. Something or found it. And it hung it up. And it hung a tree. Welcome to Strange Familiars, covering a range of topics from the paranormal. Cryptids, mythology, the occult, hauntings, UFOs, weird history, and folklore. Wherever you are listening to Strange Familiars, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, or any other service, please subscribe and click the like button, and share the Strange Familiars pages and stories on Facebook and other social media. If you have experienced something strange, or if you know a story you would like us to cover, email strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. And of course, you can always find us at strangefamiliars.com. Welcome to episode 14. I just want to remind everybody about our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. 
you'd like extra shows, extra content, check it out. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. We do extra episodes. We just posted one Dogman Stakeout. We'll try to do at least one Patreon show a month for people, an extra show. But when we can, we'll do more. So consider becoming a patron. It really helps us out. $3 a month gets you extra content, but there's different levels there. You can get t-shirts, stickers, pins, etc., etc. Patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. And as always, I want to thank our current patrons. I said from the beginning I didn't want to do two guys talking, but this episode is going to be two guys talking because we're introducing a new voice. Uh, If you're a patron, you've already heard this voice. This is James. I thought we'd do a show just kind of talking with James. He's got some interesting stuff from his childhood, some things that kind of happened around his family that we'll be talking about. And then uh, I realized when I wanted to introduce James, I never really introduced myself to the listeners either. So we're going to kind of do a back and forth here and just just have a casual conversation. Be a little bit different for the show. We got a lot of cool stuff coming up. We're working on a a lot of things. You can jump in any time here. Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) Uh, We've been going to a certain place. You were doing so good. (laughs) I didn't want to to ruin that. We've been going to a certain place. We're going to have to come up with a creative name for this so we can just not call it a certain place or... The place we've been going to. <laughs> that one place. <laughs> yeah. From that one time. Yeah, so we've been going to this mystery place, and we'll come up with a good code name for it. We've got a lot of good audio from there, and a lot of good stories, I think, coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely have had some pretty interesting stories there, just uh, over the few times that we've gone out and done a little stakeouts over there. We have a little bit more we want to do, because we feel like there's more to the story before, yeah. we, before we present yeah. it, but that's coming up. We'll have that. Um, Very exciting stuff. We've been going out on other investigations. We got a lot coming up, so you'll be hearing James a lot, which is great because doing it alone is a lot more difficult than than with someone else. It's really great to have someone in the studio to talk to. Allison's great when she does it, but she's not available for every show. She's not. She's been great on the show when she's been on. Yeah, paranormal's not her thing. She, you know, she said she'd yeah. do it, but it works better if somebody's interested in the topic. Absolutely. So she'll be back to talk about circus stuff and and so. <laughs> Her realm of interest right all right so james do we give your last name does it matter uh, it doesn't matter to me That's james fine. kibler yeah i knew you from the local music scene but apparently you, you're also into this weirdo stuff too. Uh, yeah i've always been into this weirdo stuff since uh, i was a tiny little weirdo so. <laughs> and well let's start let's start when you were young you, you had a really cool story about something yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it's, it's might as well preface it with the fact that you know, uh, as a kid, I was never much of a sports kid, or, or you know, I always had s- sort of off interests from a lot of kids my age. I was more interested in you know dinosaurs and monsters and uh, you know aliens and movies and cartoons I, and I things get like that. that. I have a feeling plenty of our yeah, listeners no, are shaking absolutely. their head. Yeah, too. yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I being a kid from the eighties, I got to see a lot of the rerun uh, episodes of <laughs> I hear it come up so much lately, the Leonard Nimoy uh, in search of, Oh yeah. And uh, you know, I'd sit 
with my dad on Saturday mornings and we'd watch the monster matinee. Eventually we'd end up at some point over the weekend on PBS and they would show these old reruns. I would just sit there. I, I loved, I loved being able to catch, you know, reruns of the reruns because there are certain episodes that really kind of stuck out to me that I wanted to see again, you know, cause you couldn't rewind it, you know? Right. My folks were always really cool and really supportive about me being interested in sort of off topics even when my teachers were like hey so he gets a lot of books on monsters and a lot of books on you know maybe there's some other stuff he could read you know my parents were always really cool about it and said you know he has his interests just like other kids and it's pretty cool it's that sort of interest that kind of led me to my first story that I collected personally yeah should I get into that we yeah. talking about the thing with the, the trash cans. Yeah, the trash cans. Oh, I love story. that. Yeah, let's do it. So I was very deep in this stuff. Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, the Abominable Snowman, all this stuff. Like I thought about this stuff all the time. I drew it. It was on, on the cabinets at my house, on the refrigerator. You know, my parents never really kind of tried to sway me away from this stuff, which was really cool. There is a point at which I kind of asked them, my folks, when they were you know, still married, we were still under one roof, if they believed in Bigfoot, right? And they both kind of gave each other like glances across the table, like, you know, oh, okay, well, and they both kind of like did the shrug, like, okay, well, yeah, we do. And we think that we had something happen when you were a baby. So uh, the way the story went was uh, my folks were living in the town of Mount Wolf at the time. Uh, this was late 70s. This had to have been like 79, between 79 and 80. So before we go any further, Mount Wolf is in northern York County. Right. It is not very far from Toad Road, which we talked about. It's in the not. First it's not very episodes. far at all. Uh, uh, it's it, really the, basically it's the next town from, from there. It is. So, yeah, it is. So. And, you know, it's connected with the same waterways. And so they're living in Mount Wolf and they had uh, finished dinner and they were cleaning up as... They clean the table. Uh, my mom's at the sink doing her, you know, sink stuff, and my dad's getting the trash ready to go out. I believe the way the story goes is my dad had not yet taken the trash out, but the trash was coming up, like where they need to put it out for the curb for the for the trash man to come by and get everything. Right. And uh, they're kind of getting things sort of wrapped up for the night. It was summertime. The windows were open. They did not have AC. So they're wrapping up dinner, and my mom's at the sink, and she's doing dishes, and my dad's getting the trash ready to roll, and this, their, their words were this god-awful smell comes rolling through the house, right? It just kind of wafts through the windows. And my mom's description of it later when I had talked to her about this incident as a teenager, checking up to see if the story had changed, if they were putting me on as a kid, you know, to see you know, right. what the deal was. She had described it later on as it smelled like this mix of, like, skunk roadkill and trash just sort of rolled through the house this horrible jubilee of stink just rolled through and that's what hit them first and then the dog started going nuts we had a dog we had a black lab at the time and she was an outside dog so she was outside had a run had a dog box the whole nine and uh the dog started going nuts and then the dog just shut up right <laughs> so my my dad is looking out the door at the dog and the dog is as far back as she can be in her in her dog box at this point. Like she's like hiding, right? Know? And my dad's kind of like, "Well, that's weird." <laughs> you know, like what's all right? She's barking, and now she's completely silent. And then my mom 
you know, is at the sink and she's kind of paused. I can imagine with her, you know, having a dish in her hand and a dish rag and just standing there taking all this stuff in. And she sees this shadow move past the kitchen window right there at the sink. Then this racket picks up outside and it, it sounds like something's going through the trash cans right below that sink window outside at the corner of the house because they keep the trash can back behind the house where it wasn't visible, where people were seeing it when they sure. would come over and stuff. And um, crazy banging. And it, they just, you know, they said they just stood there and just didn't move because they didn't understand what was going on. And, you know, they kind of went through the gamut, like, well, maybe it's a bear, there's a bear, or it's a raccoon. And it's like, but it's daytime. Raccoons don't normally go terrorize towns and do all of that cool raccoon stuff. You know, in broad daylight. Right. And this was, you know, it was still sun. The sun was still out. Eventually, the, the, the sound stops, and they just stand there for a little bit longer. Right? And my dad's looking out at the dog, kind of like, well, what's happening with the dog? Is it, What's the dog doing? You know, gauging as to whether or not he wants to go out by what the dog is doing. Right. And then they're standing there, and eventually he just opens the door up. And he carries the trash bag out with him and he goes around the corner of the house. And my mom's at the window and she's like, what's going on? And she's looking out the window and she says, it's that point where she realizes that she's looking down at my dad in the yard by the trash can. And, you know, he pokes his head out to tell her that, hon, the, the trash is gone. <laughs> like something came and took the trash and I'll be damned if the trash can's not crumpled to the ground. Wow, so it's so, like smashed down. Smashed like to the ground would, like a can. Like smash a soda right. can. Wow. Now, now, there's nothing ripped out over the yard. There's no mess. Uh, it's not like you know something ripped through the trash and made a huge mess. There was nothing. The bags were just gone. Wow. And so was the smell. The smell, just as quickly as it rolled in, it left. It was gone, right? You know, at this point, my mom's also realizing she's looking out the window at my dad downward. Something went past the window to where she could see the shadow move past the window. So it had to be something a good bit taller than my father that walked past the window right. in the now, first place. When you say shadow, you don't mean like a cast shadow. You mean sort of like a silhouette. Yeah, like yeah. like when, when somebody walks past. Right. When somebody walks past a window. Um, so it was something tall. It like, was something. It was someone. It was someone tall. Um, and like, you know, at that time, uh, you know, the late 70s, early 80s, I don't know. I, I can't speak to what was happening bear population wise in Mount Wolf right. uh, in York County. But bears don't walk around. <laughs> they don't, and a bear that tall. Disney would... lied. <laughs> like they, bears don't do what Baloo does. And we don't have Kodiak bears here. We don't no. have grizzly bears. We've got black no. bear, and they don't. So do something that. of something of substantial height had gone past the window prior to the walking uh, up right. percussion, right? Uh, that was happening outside of the house. I'm trying to figure out how to tie this in. So prior to this thing happening, my parents had had another dog. And Jesse was, uh, I guess, the replacement for a dog that they had prior, right? A story that I've known for a long time, it's something, it's one of those things where like you sometimes walk around with the story and you know about something and you don't realize how it connects potentially to other things that have happened. But like they had this large Great Dane that was named Smoke. Dog was really smart. Apparently he had saved me on a couple occasions from falling down the basement steps into the basement of the house. Um, when I was really small, would actually grab the back of my shirt or my overalls and he would hold me there until my mom would come over and 
move me and close the door or whatever. Right. Yeah. And uh, a smart dog. And the story went that the dog took off. Um, this is, you know, probably within at least a year of this happening because I had existed. Uh, but it was before Brian was born and before this incident had happened. Brian's your brother. Brian being my brother. The dog t- took off out of the yard, which was very unlike him. And they didn't understand what had happened. A couple of days went by and like they were expecting that maybe the dog had gotten hit somewhere. Uh, you know, he had tags and, and all that stuff. It didn't happen for a few days. And then one of the neighbors had called them and they're thinking, okay, this is the call we've been dreading. And they said, hey, you know, I think I saw your dog off the side of the road. And my mom's thinking the dog's on the side of the road. Right. And he says, no, it's not on the side of the road. It's off the side of the road and it's hanging up in a tree. Right. Right. So I'm talking like this is like, you know, if you're driving through the rural parts of, of your county, um, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you have a little bit of a shoulder and then usually that's met in these more rural parts with just woods sure, where it'll go up into a hill or down a hill. This was up a hill. So there was stuff growing on the hillside and uh, they went and got the dog out of the tree. Something had put it up in a tree. It wasn't hung in a tree. It wasn't, wasn't like hanged by a rope. Or, it wasn't hung by a rope. It wasn't hung by its collar. Something had killed it or found it already dead and had hung it up in the tree off the side of the road. How high was it? Well, to go through that area, because I remember my, my mom had told me this story when I was older as we were driving through that area. And I remember it being off, you know, up right off the side of the road, like up in the trees. And she said, that's where they found where we found smoke. He was up in a, something, you know, somebody put him in a tree. My mom thought that some psycho had killed their dog and put it up in the tree. But knowing what I know and, 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 and reading stories and hearing stories, it's not uncommon for these things to snatch animals. These things being Bigfoot creatures. These things being Bigfoot creatures and hanging things in trees. Yeah, um, I mean, we we have it in York County. Yeah, I, I there mean, is there's it, record of it. You, I mean, you've covered it in you've covered it in your book, which really kind of really got me thinking about the whole thing. What I'm wondering is, you know, just kind of trying to figure out and recreate like what would have been going on back then. Is it possible? You know, is it out of the realm of possibility that something could have been? stalking the area and, and, and coming out to the property where the house was and this dog smoke had taken off after it, perhaps. Oh, sure. I mean, I think that's sort of possible. But, but how long before the... She said the trash can incident was 79. It had to have... Like, well, I was born in 78, okay. right? And Brian was born in 81. Brian hadn't been born yet, but I was. And this is before Jesse. Okay. So, so this would had to this would had to have been sometime in that seventy eight, seventy nine. The reason time, I ask is seventy eight was a huge which year. Which is which is really interesting because this is this is uh, only recently becoming knowledge to me that so many bizarre things were happening in that area at that time. Right. I mean, your, so your so county... it makes me look at this. It makes me look at both of these situations with kind of a different a different perspective, if you will. Sure. York County and Bigfoot in 1978, that was a huge flap for whatever reason. Yeah. Sightings all over the county. That's we, we were talking earlier before we rolled yeah. tape. A lot of the sightings we were talking about. It's really wild. My mom, my mom would bring up Bigfoot throughout the years, I guess maybe because she knew that it was something that I was interested in uh, as a kid. But, you know, she would always say things like, I know it's out there. I know it's out there. I know that it's out there somewhere, you know. 
it's not all these people are crazy. You know, it's out there, and right. I hope they never catch it. I hope that nobody ever catches one. Well, one of the things you know, I, I think we have to go on, and we get this from witness reports, mm-hmm. is the behavior. Yeah. So, so we don't always get to see him. We don't always get a picture. You know, rarely do we get a picture. No. But what we, we do have is behavior. We have these patterns of behavior that we see from, from witness descriptions. Sure. And what you talk about in those stories go back to the behavior patterns. The way the dogs act in the presence of the creature mm. and what the creatures do to dogs. Other, they do it to other animals too, but certainly yeah. to dogs. They don't like dogs for whatever reason. Yeah. yeah uh, and, and, and either it seems like uh, the return behavior from dogs towards them is either they want nothing to do with it or they become very territorial right about the spot so i mean you know again this is not something that i personally got to see i was an infant at this point uh a year at the most when all this had happened this is all stories that my parents had relayed to me when i was about maybe six seven years old and then again when I was in my teens, it was something that I had thought about that story, you know, about the, you know, with the trash can and all that stuff. And I asked my mom, I was like, mom, why don't you be serious with me about something? All right. I can take it. Were you guys put me on about the, the trash can and all that stuff in, in Mount Wolf? Like the, that story that you told me when I was a kid. And she was like, no, she was like, there's things we, you know, we didn't tell you specifically at that time, just because we didn't think that you'd understand. But like, you know, and she went on to explain to me the thing going past the window, and right. you know those were things that she didn't speak about when I was when I was very young, but having the silhouette move past the window and and how high up it had to have been for for her to be able to register it with her eyes, right? Those sort of things, like those details that would be lost on a kid mm-hmm. of of six or seven. You know, those things she sort of went back and sort of reiterated and explained a little bit, and it was one of those things. Where it was like, wow, okay, so that wasn't you guys weren't just you know. Right, trying to scare you know, a kid, or or, yeah. or or you know, kind of like sometimes as a parent, we can be a little too encouraging about certain things that our kids do. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, I, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't an overindulgence. You know, as a mm-hmm. teenager, it's like, all right, you know, let's cut it. You know, let's 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 be real here. We're adults now. You know, and let's talk about this again. And the story stayed the same. It's just there was a little bit more detail with regard to you know proximities and and measurements and things. But they never saw whatever it was that brought the smell and took the trash. Right. And uh, they never claimed that. They, they, never, never, they never thought that it for a second that it was a Bigfoot who put the dog in a well, tree. This no, is, this no. This is something you put together. Yeah, yeah. On. This is, and there's been a lot of this. Because, you know, my dad, my dad was born and raised here. And aside from the time that he spent in military service, he always lived here. So he always had a lot of stories and things with regard to to these areas. I mean, my father was the first person to sort of bring up the toad road thing to me when I was a kid. And like one of the things that my folks used to do is, you know, we didn't have cable and we didn't have air conditioning and stuff. Most of the time when I was a kid, we would get in a car and go for rides and it was epic. Like we would go on these, it felt like we were on these huge adventures that now as an adult, it's like, Oh, that was like a 20 minute car ride. You know? Right. Right. But like we would go and, and check these things out. And my, you know, we would go visit my dad on the weekends when my parents had split and he would get us in the car and take my brother and I out to like Toad Road or take one of us out because we weren't always there at the same time. And we'd, you know, go and he'd tell us about that place. And, you know, there's a weird story that sort of uh, seem seemingly as, you know, as, as a kid and growing up seems completely detached from any of this other business from Mount Wolf. But as an adult standing here now with the knowledge that I, I do have 
of things that had been reported and things that had happened during those times, like I look at differently. In particular, the, the incident on Toad Road with uh, with the motorcycle accident. Yeah, and and I I think I might have talked about this a little bit uh, when we did our Toad Road episode, but since we have you here now, let's yeah, let's and get you into know, it. That, I believe you also covered it in the book. Yeah, I did. In Beyond the Seven Gates. So. Uh, as a kid, like my dad would, um, I noticed that my dad would, from time to time, uh, his ankle would swell up real bad, and like he'd have a heck of a time walking around. And I remember one day we were, you know, he had drugged me to one of those, like a what was a cash and carry, it was like one of those, uh, you go in and buy car parts and stuff. My dad did that kind of stuff a lot. There's mm-hmm. always a car that he was tinkering with. And we had gone to this place, and I asked him, you know, what happened? Like, why is your ankle like that? And he said, well, when I was young, I had an accident, you know, had a motorcycle accident. And I asked him to tell me about his motorcycle accident. And he tells me that he and some friends were back on Toad Road with their motorcycles. And while they were riding their bikes back there on, off of Toad Road, he was going around a, around a bend. And in his peripheral, he saw something and he turned his head to, to like make contact with what it was that he'd seen with his eyes straight on. And what he saw caused him to lose control of his motorcycle and he wiped out really bad and messed up his ankle. The bike fell on his leg and slid and it's a pretty nasty scene. My dad had quite a set of scars from that. But when I asked him what he saw, he <laughs> I remember giving him a weird look because he said, well, I saw what looked like a big green frog monster like crouched on the side of the road, but it was like really big. It was like a person size. And as a kid, I was like, okay, so my dad saw a big green frog. And like, it wasn't really until like the last like month or so that I've become aware of other stories from this area. Right. That just have kind of like blown my mind, give me a different perspective on it. Right. And we're, we're talking about the story we dug up of the fellow who uh, says he was attacked by a green haired monster. So, it's wild. Yeah. So, it's wild stuff. So some years later, so this would have happened to my father probably in the late 60s, early 70s. And this incident with this young man had happened in the late 70s, like 76? I, I think or 74, 74, 76? I think it okay. is. I think so. so a few years apart, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, you know, an on the record case that was talked about in the newspapers and everything where a kid says he, you know, he ended up in the hospital, like the kid ended up in pretty bad shape and, you know, claims that he ran into what he described as a big green monster on Toad Road that he ran into it and you know he wakes up in a hospital right where he stays for days and and that's so bizarre like the the green haired thing when I first read it I didn't want to put it in the book because it yeah. sounds so like just wacky yeah like but then I remember I published the book or, or I don't think it was quite published yet but it was at the printers and Sasquatch Chronicles did an episode and they had a, a guy on there and he, he was talking to Wes and he said I'm telling you this sounds crazy but it looked green and then something yeah. clicked for me, like, oh, wait a well, minute. There's, like, there's, a, there's numerous recordings of, of people saying that these things appeared green, mm-hmm. um, especially further down south. Right, yeah. When they, sometimes it's, uh, they might get vegetation. Well, absolutely. I mean, if, or... if you consider like sloths. Sure. Sloths in their natural habitat uh, do carry uh, parasites and uh, different algaes and things like that that live on them. Right. Uh, so they, they're kind of like mobile you know habitats for other, for right. lots of other things and, well the area of toad road if absolutely if something was living there sure that's a river bottom that's that's a different kind of ecology than than really the rest yeah. of most of the rest of the county is is it's, more it's one of those things where like as i as you start putting things together 
the shame is that my my dad didn't live long enough for me to be able to tell him, hey, you know that story, you know your your motorcycle accident. Well, did you know about this kid out there who had had seen this had seen some sort of large green thing that like beat him within an inch of his life? Right. I never got to tell him that. And here's this this kid who grew up probably not having the best of times. His story was in the paper, and they didn't hide names from kids during that time. Like no. people would have known who he was, and the ridicule at school, the ridicule in the town. I would imagine would make for a very rough life. Not to mention that if he did run into something horrible, uh, yeah, I, I the, mean the, I'm, the PTSD that he would have from something like that. That's I, I can't, can't even imagine diagnose someone with that because I'm not a professional, sure. but. Certainly, as a yeah. layman, I'll say that having talked to him, it seems like he has a form of PTSD. Yeah. He, he has well, nightmares these, to this these, day. These things seem to stick with people. It's one of those things where, like, you know, you want to reach out to those folks that had these encounters and say, "Hey, you're not the only one." And there is something that adds some sort of that adds more credibility to your story, right? You know, so in a weird way, like in a very short amount of time. I hear this story and I think about my dad's story on Toad Road and it puts it in a completely different perspective. And here I have two people, two individuals that I'm aware of that have similar stories on the same road about something green, something big, and the tragedy that ensues there ensues thereafter. But their stories lend credibility to each other, in my in my opinion. Yeah, I mean it's certainly it's there there's such a weird thing to have two separate people reporting something so weird. With no other connection between them, Absolutely. They, they didn't know each other. Yeah, you, you, you know. Yeah, you mean, know, my my father was substantially older, older than this high school student at the time back in you know in the seventies, and uh, there's no way that they would have known each other. Yeah, and this fellow was from across the it's river. Absolutely. Anyway, so yeah. yeah, so so um, so yeah, there's been this like weird sort of uh, convergence, I guess, over over my almost forty years of life that it just continues to sort of inspire and boggle my mind. And I have to say the investigations we've been on, we've been finding this is kind of like a, a drumbeat that's been happening. Yeah, where we, we find these absolutely. weird kind of coincidences where, and we'll start to make these connections back to other things. Like, you know, we'll find something, something later. Sure. You know, that, sure. That you connects. know, you, you hear somebody tell a story, someone who perhaps has no interest in, in Bigfoot or anything of the such will tell a story that completely mirrors a story that someone on the other side of the country has experienced that there's no way they would have ever heard the heard that story right because this isn't something that they've ever thought about or considered and here they're telling you hey so this is a weird thing that I had happen and they kind of laugh it off and you're like well that's exactly like a story from out west you know what i mean there's yeah. a story that mirrors your story almost exactly right yeah and um it's just kind of it's wild. It's, it's, it's interesting, you know? So as you're growing up, you stay interested in this stuff or is it come and go in waves? Like for me, it was kind of, I was super interested in it as a kid. I, I read the same, I think we had one Bigfoot book in our school library and yeah. I, I got that same book out yeah. time and time again. Yeah. Um, and, but it uh, faded for me. Like I, I, my teenage years, like, you know, I got into punk rock and this and that. Oh, and, absolutely. And absolutely. it kind of faded. And, and I can, I can definitely relate to that. But for me, uh, it was always sort of a, a thing that I would think about. I guess early 90s, I was spending a lot of time with a, an older relative who was, I, I say older, I mean like, you know, they were in their probably uh, mid to late 20s at this point, in, in, in this point in the 90s, and I was probably about 12, 13 years old. 
they and their friends were really interested in like um they had an interest for more of the occult aspect of of the paranormal sort of spectrum yeah and they were messing around a lot with that and hearing a lot of the stories and things that 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 person had shared with me also you know kind of brought me back into the fold of uh, it was always something that kind of pulled me back into this sort of line of interest right now now is that more like local folklore kind of stuff or is that more sort of a cult um paranormal uh, yeah i mean i mean um the situations were happening here but it's more something that they were doing that was um sometimes uh people mess around with things that they don't quite understand sure and um, don't realize that it's not something to take lightly. Uh, right. So this is more more occult, more kind of more on the occult aspect. It was a bunch of a bunch of young dumb kids doing dumb stuff, and uh, I think they got a little bit more than what they bargained for. But it definitely opened my eyes and made me realize that you know, yeah, there is in this universe there is really some there's other things going on below sure. the surface. You know, the right ben, right beneath the surface. Uh, of, of of our reality that that's always sort of at work that's interesting to me i oh, mean yeah. magic magic in the world does exist you know and i think it's lost on a lot of folks i don't think a lot of people I, I don't know many people that can tell me the last time they walked out their door wandered out into their yard and looked up and went wow <laughs> like yeah what <laughs> i think we've become detached in a lot of ways as a society with these things uh, these things that that are that are there you know sort of at you know right below the surface sure i think folklore and these stories and, and monsters yeah, that we talk about absolutely it's really easy to forget about them when you turn on the tv and from the nice There's other monsters safety of your home yeah and yeah and with the other monsters that you see on tv the, the, the all too human monsters and we forget about them and then uh, when they come back, and but know, but they were the, but it was but the point. What's so interesting about this is like it was there for a reason to begin with. Though sure. there's something that spawned that. There's some seed yeah. that was planted somewhere in our sort of human kind. Exactly. Either these things are real and they've been there all along, which may be the case. We Absolutely. Don't By real, I mean natural animals. Absolutely. Or they are something else. And it's there out of uh, some weird need or or, 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 or something sure. perhaps we have. Or, or, I mean, there's a third option, which is we don't even know. Like, it's, yeah. it's whatever. Maybe we can't even comprehend. But, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I agree. I, and I think we're so detached that we forget about these things. Yeah, we're not yeah. as in touch with, I don't mean to have this sound like a, you know, a new age sort of, you know, Edie Brickell, new be- be- bohemian sort of thing. But, like we aren't so in touch with the earth anymore. No, we don't it, spend time outside. Kids don't play outside like they used to. You know, we were out in the woods, like doing stuff that we probably, you know, using tools and things that we probably had no business uh, messing with at those ages. But like we were out there in it and aware of it. Oh yeah. And uh, it was part of our everyday life. And I don't know necessarily that that's so much a thing for, a majority of people anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and, there's some people that they, you know, to to keep them inside is to, like, you know, they'd rather they'd rather lose a limb than be right. stuck in the house. But the majority, I think, are content to be in 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 home. You're you know buying your groceries off the internet. Somebody brings them to your door. You're detached from where your food comes from. You're detached from where you come from. Right. Um, and everything that's sort of around you that's actually alive and real. And instead replaced with so much artificial and not real. Right. And that's why I think folklore is so important. Folklore t- 
tied us to the earth. Those were the stories of where we lived. And they're more than just fiction. That's, I, I think it's very important to point out that folklore and fiction are two different things. That they're not exactly the same. Some folklore can be fiction, but folklore often tells stories. They often relate lessons. And it's what connects you to where you live. And people forget about that. Yeah. And people treat folklore with disdain. Like, oh, that's just folklore. To me, it's not. We're not talking just folklore. Look, look at the myths of the First Nations people. Look at the stories that were told throughout the years, the ghost stories, the haunt tales, the stories of, of monsters. They're coming back on us. People are seeing these things. And they're either all lying and crazy, which, as I said before, if we're going to say that, then we have no podcast. So let's <laughs> yeah, turn right, off the mics. So right. If everyone's lying or, or crazy, then, then that's that. I don't believe so. I don't believe so either. I, people are seeing these things and... Uh, I mean, I I think for me, the rush is that there are people experiencing things and, uh, you know, they, it's not possible that all these people are crazy. These people aren't all certifiable, right? right? They're experiencing something and it's something very real to them. And for me, that, that is like really like, you know, it's the human story as well as it is the, the folklore uh, that's also involved, like the idea that like you know, people are experiencing something and it's very real to them. You know, people don't develop <laughs> post-traumatic stress disorder from from faking an encounter. From, right. From you know, there are people that are really, or even from seeing the bear. Being, people yeah, see bear all the time, absolutely, and, and they don't get post-traumatic stress from. Absolutely, it. it's very interesting to like to ask that question. What what is it? Right. You know, what are people experiencing? You said something on the first investigation we did, uh, which our subscribers can hear about. It's the, we call it the Dogman Stakeout. But you said something really interesting that night. I'm not sure if it's on the tape or not, but you said to me, for you, you said this is as much about the people for me as, yeah, as anything absolutely, else. Absolutely. If anything that I'm guilty of in this life, collecting stories is probably pretty high on that list. I'm fascinated with stories. You know, I like to, t- I'm the kind of, I definitely have the personality where I like to, I like to hear about other people's religions. I like to hear about other people's beliefs and their backgrounds and, and what brought them to those things. Those things are important to me to, to discredit those things and blow those things off and have some sort of negative response to those things. I feel like is to miss the point <laughs> of being here. Sure. Yeah. Because it's so much easier to dismiss things that aren't in your realm of of thought or, or, or logic. Right. I think that it's just, just as important as the, the creatures, uh, that people report or the UFOs that are sighted, uh, or the ghosts that are picked up on audio, the people are just as important and as intriguing as those things to me. That's a really interesting approach. Cause I think it would be very easy to go out and just look for footprints. Yeah. And yeah. Kind of forget that aspect. Of it's it. about, I mean, I really, to me, the investigating is a, is is a lot more about people. That's just a, a really interesting approach. I thought it was really cool. Oh, thanks. So, uh, cool. Very neat. So uh, now your your main interest now are you just the whole spectrum or I mean uh, yeah. I've, I've become known as the Bigfoot guy, but honestly, sure. I'm, I'm really into like the whole the whole thing. I just I'm super fascinated by Bigfoot. I'm super interested in Bigfoot. Yeah. As well, I think I think uh, for me that that monster kid is always. That right. monster kid's always been there. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, absolutely. That's a, that's definitely very high on my list. But I am intrigued by sort of the full gamut 
of, of stuff. And there's even been things that you've had on the show that I'm not from, totally familiar with, admittedly, that have been very intriguing to me, things that I'd never heard, heard of before, uh, ideas and folklore. And I'm sure a lot of view, a lot of listeners probably felt the same about that. Like, oh, geez, I never, well, that's interesting. You know, <laughs> like those moments where you're like, huh, well, I never, I never heard that before. That's, yeah. that's new, you know, but it's not new. It's like, centuries old you know right, what I mean right. it's all you know but like it's new to me you know right, and, it's new again. and and it kind of makes me look at the world kind of with uh, a bit more of enthusiasm and excitement yeah sure because this isn't it there is something beyond this right and and, and sort of you know speculating and and sort of talking to people and collecting those stories, I feel like, you know, it puts you a little bit closer. I don't think that anyone will ever fully uh, get the full scope of, of what it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I think about this in a lot of ways as we're all looking through these keyholes, looking at these, you know, pieces of art through a keyhole, right? right? If you were to like look through look at like the, you know, one of the greatest works of art arguably, you know, the Sistine Chapel is it, you know, it's is is it not one of the eighth wonders of the world or whatever? Uh, is it in there? It's certainly a beautiful piece of art. Absolutely. Yeah. So you take something like that and you look at it through a, a you know, a hole in a cup, <laughs> you know what I mean? You get to see parts of it and you get an idea of what it is, but you don't get the full thing in its entirety. You don't get the full spectrum right. of of what it is. And maybe that's maybe that's just part of being a human being on this on this planet and being in this universe is that magic, you know, like well how much can I know? Right. <laughs> like what what next, you know? Yeah. Well we can we know. can keep looking and we can look for the puzzle pieces. We can try to stick a crowbar in that keyhole. Absolutely. And make it and wider. Maybe widen widen that widen it out a little bit and, but, and uh, be able to be able to get a better view. Maybe. Maybe we can. Maybe other people can. It'd be great. I yeah. I mean I'd love for, to have answers. Yeah. I would absolutely love it. I don't think it's gonna happen sadly. No, but, no, sure. But sure. I I love the ride. Uh, you know, well, it, maybe this is a good segue. Maybe, I, maybe I turn the maybe I turn the tables on you now and ask you some questions. Like, uh, Tim, this is your house. This is your show. Uh, this is your your brainchild. This is your baby. What brought you to this? What was it for for you that brought you to this? I well, I think it was a process. I think it's it started. It started with the first book, really. I mean, not my interest, but, you know, when I was a kid, it's a very similar story, and I think a lot of us have that same story. Yeah. In Search Of and yeah. Monsters. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, I was, you know, I drew monsters. It's from, a good time to be a kid. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The Universal Monsters I yeah. love, but if it was something real, like if they said, it, like, this is real, that got my attention. Like, sure. And they said, you know, Bigfoot is real. The people yeah. who are seeing this thing or, or ghosts, the local ghost stories I'd get so fired up about when I was little. I didn't know I was collecting folklore. Or I didn't know there was a name for it. I just—it was a ghost story. I it was interesting. Yeah, I wanted to hear these ghost stories. Major world go around. So I was interested, in of course. And as I grew up, and the the internet happens, you know, like I said, for a while, I, I kind of it would come and go in waves for me and it would fade in and out of the stuff. But every now um, and then, you'd get that little. Oh yeah, a little knock on the door. Yeah, yeah. Hey, check this out. And, the, you know, the internet happens. I got involved in some of these legend seeker groups kind of thing. And, and that led to, yeah, I've told the story about how it led to writing the book. And again, I was interested in this stuff, but I really jumped in with both feet when I, when yeah. I wrote that first book. No, that's I, that's I, what I, I thought. And I think that, I think that it's something that, that needed to happen. 
because there's <laughs> so much misinformation oh, with in- regards to a lot of a lot of this stuff, especially locally. Yeah. That like really, if you take if you take the time and dig into it and, and really do your research, you start finding like, well, that's so that part of this is not that doesn't hold water. Yeah. There's there's a whole lot of that. I th- I think there's a lot of not letting truth get in the way of a good story that goes with the whole sure. a lot of the ghost story. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's you know that it is what it is. That's fine, and and there may actually be something to that. Uh, like we talk about a lot about there, like the crybaby bridges and stuff that are in mm-hmm. every town. Sure, not every one of these bridges had a school bus accident, or whatever <laughs> right. the story is. That, right, but the there's weird. You think stuff we would just happening. stop making bridges? Exactly, right. or to stop driving kids over them, whatever <laughs> it is. But uh, you know something weird is going on that that seems to have developed from the story. So that, that's very interesting as well. So I'm I'm really not as disdainful of these uh, less than factual stories as, as well, I see. Well, no, what, what I think was really cool with the first book was the you know you you kind of you you pretty much get the whole Seven Gates thing and the, the urban legend, the fact and fiction sort of. You just get that squared away right away, right right <laughs> through the gates, and then, so to speak, right, no pun intended, the gates. Uh, so you, you, you get that squared away, but then it's like, so now that we've kind of talked about this, here are some other things that you may not be aware of that are equally as weird, if not weirder. Right. And it's stuff that's backed up with records. <laughs> well, I, I was lucky in that a story unfolded as I was sort of doing that, the story of... of like a synchronicity. Yeah, yeah. and... But anyway, so so writing that book is just like jumping both feet. Like, and I realize how much I I just love this stuff, and I've always loved it. But now I'm I'm in it, and now I'm like, well, when I turned up that many local sightings, again uh, for me it was Bigfoot. I thought, well, there's something to all of this. I'm I gotta dig, yeah. and so I kept digging, and I wanted to take this to another uh, podcast. I wanted another podcast to do sort of a of a, a series on Toad Road that you know with me and they you know i talked to one talked to another and they they dropped the ball or they oh we'll get around to it someday yeah. it sounds interesting it wasn't a priority yeah it wasn't a priority at all if, and, without without being here and having it be part of what you sort of grow up with 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 in regard to like your the stories of, of the town you live in yeah I or think, that you move to in your case yeah I, I yeah i think that's certainly part of it another part of it is I mean, now that I do a podcast, I certainly understand how difficult it is to get to a lot of work. all the people who contact you yeah. and say, hey, I've got something, you know, come to me and do this. And best intentions, yeah, I want to get to everybody. Yeah, It's hard, though. It's really hard. Like if somebody's two hours away, I can't, you know, I've got kids, I've got a life, I can't just drop and go and, and spend sure. you know, a, a three days. But there. if somebody did want to get in contact with us, oh, how would please, they do that? That's strange familiars podcast at gmail.com. Awesome. My intention is to, is to get to all this stuff, but it's going to, it can't happen overnight. Yeah. So probably their intention was to get to it and it couldn't happen overnight. And you know, so I got impatient one way or another. I ended up talking with uh, Soraya from where did the road go? And he said, why don't you just do it yourself? No. Well, I've got a room full of audio equipment. I think I can figure this out, you know, so yeah. that's how it started. And I think, it, you know, hopefully it's getting better. I, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, as, as time goes on, yeah, it's, I it's mean, a learning curve. To, to your credit, I feel like uh, you've established your own sort of culture with, with the podcast so far, and I hope I can help contribute to that. 
but you already have a pretty good, you know, a pretty good sort of rhythm in, in the way you're going about doing things. I think it's a very interesting take. It's not self-indulgent at all. It's about the stories and, and, and like the folklore is really sort of the star of the show. Oh, thanks. Um, and I think that that's, I think that that's important. Thank you. The other part of this is, is I have experienced a lot of weird stuff. Yeah. And man, let's, let's look at the time here. We're going to have to save this for another episode. Yeah. Yeah. But I did experience some odd stuff. I've talked about a little bit about it on where did the road go? If people want to dig, they can find it on there. Since talking with Sarai about that, I've started writing stuff down and, and I'm remembering things from different uh, times in my life that, that are popping up that I'm connecting. Again, I'm connecting those dots. Yeah, absolutely. So one time we'll sit down. I, I don't, I could probably do five episodes. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know how interesting it would be. Maybe for people. we'll break it up. Maybe every now and then we'll, we'll reach into that bag and, and pull out a, and, and I'm not saying I, I have this mythical, incredible life. I think I just make note of things. I think a lot of, I think this stuff happens to a lot of people and they don't make note of yeah. things. Yeah. And what I'm doing is I'm looking back, I'm starting to connect dots and I'm making notes and, and a lot of it is maybe not that exciting. I mean, I have some stuff that's like typical kind of alien abduction stuff, which I think is probably, that's the, the, uh, yeah. the star of the show as far as getting, getting people hooked. And no, I don't think I was uh, I was ever on a ship, and I don't ever think I left my bed. Let me get that <laughs> out of the way from the start. But it is very kind of typical what people would call abduction experiences. But there's also other weird little things, which which just might be. I think there are people who are just um, meant to be involved in this sort of thing. People who are kind of preset with certain things about their personality and the way that they take on the world around them that they're able to sort of see things where some people maybe overlook. I, I think there's a lot of those kind of personalities involved or that get involved in this, in this sort of, uh, in this sort of field mm -hmm. of, 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 of interest. Well, one of the things I'd like to do, and I, I think, I think this applies to you as well, just in, in as much as we've been hanging out is connect the dots. I think we both yeah. get really excited when we get to connect those dots that was the most exciting part of writing both my books, really. And that's the most exciting part of this podcast is where you get to connect the dots like that. Those little synchronicities, those little, Absolutely. those little like interesting things. So let's do this. Yeah. Let's put a pin in this. Put a pin on that one. And we will come back to my stories another time. Maybe we'll do one here and there. Or maybe we'll do one long uh, podcast on that. But I'm really happy you come on board, well, James. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited to see uh, where this goes and, uh, excited to uh, to hear from people that are that are listening. Yeah, and here we we've done two guys talking, which you know, two guys talking. <laughs> tell your friends all about it. <laughs> and uh, I said I wasn't going to do two. It guys won't talking. always. It won't always be two guys talking. No, we're, we got a lot of on site stuff. We're getting Absolutely. back to the on site audio. We know people like that. Definitely some cool stuff coming up. We're doing the investigations. We're we're getting out there and we're rolling tape when we do it. So it this is a different kind of show. Just wanted to introduce you to everybody new voice on on the show and you'll be hearing more from james and we'll be back with more so thanks for listening everybody all right we'll see you Podcast and more. DarkHollerArts.com. 
Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more. Products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.